Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast episode here on Sticks and Bones with your ghost host, Chelsea and Ten. I'm going to say hi to Ten first before we announce who's here. Hi, Ten. How are you? I am good. It is, we're moving into springtime and I don't know. I don't really want to, I don't really want to talk about how I'm doing. I mean, we have a pretty big guest today. We've been teasing it on the podcast, giving the uh, ghosts and ghouls out there a little, a little sneak peek on a cliffhanger episode, but very, very excited because we are entering the month of love Galentine's Valentine's. So I don't know, Chelsea, you want to take it away? Yes. Okay. So not even a guest. I would say friend of the podcast. This is her third time being on the podcast and we're so very thankful. And we have Polka Hotness with us today. Hi, Polka. Welcome back. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited <laughs> to be back. Third time's the charm, right? <laughs> I know. I know. And we are talking about empowerment and self-love today in the Divine Feminine. And we were like, who better to ask to be on the podcast with us to talk about this today than the Divine Feminine Queen herself, who's always preaching empowerment and self-love and I just, we just had to have you on. And like I said, you're not even a guest, you're friend of the podcast at this point. Thank you. Oh, and quick fact. So we have Valentine's, we have Galentine's. And in Spanish, we say Dia del Amor y la Amistad. So it's the day of love and friendship. I know that's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Um, Well, Polka, for people that are new here, I know we've done two episodes before with Polka. Um, I believe they're in the episode 40s. I should have looked up which ones they were. We did. We talked about, um, you know, her being a Santera. We've also talked about La Santissima, like where to start with that. Polka is a devotee herself. Mm -hmm. But for the people that are new here, do you want to reintroduce yourself? How many years you've been practicing and what you're a part of? Okay, perfect. Um, All right. So my name is Polka and I am a Santera. I'm a, a crown child of Oya, and I am 10 years old. Wow. I'm 10 years old. But I've been, I've known about Santeria at least for, I would say like at least 12 to 13 years. And then I'm also like an Espiritista, which is like spiritualist. And I am a devotee. So La Santissima. Um, what else? And I'm here to have a great time with y'all. So let's go ahead. <laughs> that's right. Well, that, that's like not even what else. That's so many years of experience in yeah. <laughs> uh, spiritual practices. And like, congratulations on being 10. That's like a huge milestone. We all hope to make it to the 10 years in our spiritual practice. That's a lot. I know. 10 Girl, that's years. That's nuts. That is nuts. Um, but today we wanted to talk to you about, you know, self-love empowerment. You know, we want to get to know more about the Orisha and who they are and who really represents the divine feminine. I know there's like, how many Orisha have you said? There's always like 300, 400. There's a lot of them, right? 401. So sometimes they will say 400 plus one and other times they will say 401. Um, yeah, that's how many they are. There's a lot. <laughs> so um, with your practice with the Orisha, and Ten, I think this was your question. Do you want to ask it? Yes, uh, I will just kind of dive into this. When speaking about the Orisha, because I know the good people out there are hearing about the Orisha, learning about them, but you know, I know Chelsea and I know this, but for anybody out there who might be wondering, are the Orisha, all 401, are they considered to be gods and goddesses or do they fit a different category? So one thing you will, and that's a really good question. I love this question because sometimes like, I feel like (laughs) I react so funny depending on how someone says it. So um, you will, 
always hear me when I'm talking about Oya, when I'm talking about and I will always say it just means like blessing. Um, there's a whole specification behind it, but it's like um, the highest blessing, like giving the highest honor or the highest blessing to that Orisha. So when I'm referring to Oya or I'm referring to Oshun or Yemaya, I'm always going to say the Orisha. Um, you will not hear me call them a god, a goddess. I will sometimes say when I'm like in response to like speaking about multiple different beings, then I'll say beings or deities. I won't always say spirits because spirits is also like a specific type of thing too. But I'll say beings and deities to include like my whole spirit team because they're all different. But when I'm talking about the Orisha, it's always going to be the Orisha. They're not gods and goddesses. They're more like it, they're different. You know, you will always hear us say the Orishas said. So, and the reason for that is we they are forces of nature. They're elements of nature. They're in everything. They're not just like a god or a goddess. Like they are like a consider like creator type of beings. And they have their own elements, their own things, each one within the practice. Uh, so, for instance, when I'm referring to Oshun, uh, it's Orisha. She's not goddess Oshun. Um, and it's not proper to really call her goddess Oshun because that's not how we, that's not their name. That's not what we call them. That's, that's not really the word for them. That's really interesting because I know like sometimes when I enter into like different sides of like the spiritual world on the internet, I do see people calling her a goddess. And I was like, I'm pretty sure like Poka told me that's not, I've never seen you address them that way. So I, I wanted to ask because I know Oshun is like huge. Like when you were talking yes. about the Orisha, I was like, Oshun is the only one that I know, like really, mm -hmm. really big. And I'm sure we will touch upon mm -hmm. her today because we are talking about love and divine feminine and like yes. all that good stuff. But, um, very good to clarify. And we're all about getting to the center of yes. this information and mm -hmm. how you would approach them. Um, next question for you mm -hmm. in the Orisha, like, do you have certain, uh, beings that are associated with love, like female empowerment? Like who would you like call upon in your practice for that? So it depends exactly what for. So for instance, for like maternal um like a protective mother type of energy um like a, a divine maternal mother type of energy we would be referring to yemaya she's is said to be the mother of all the orishas but she is also said to be the sister of oshun and yem and oya so, um, and you will always hear there's so many Orishas because each Orisha can have different paths, like different aspects to them. Mm -hmm. And you will always hear the the first like seven, which would be Obatala, uh, Elegua, Obatala, Shango, uh, Oshun, Yemaya, Oya, and sometimes Ogun. Well, they would be the ones that you will always hear, like the main ones they refer to. So those are the Orishas. And out of the feminine, the ones you are always going to hear people talk about will like be like number one would probably be like uh, Oshun popping up the most, uh, Yemaya, and then Oya. So for maternal stuff, divine maternal motherly energy, we have Yemaya because of that. She being like this great mother. So you could kind of call to her for that kind of like maternal that empowerment that mothers can have you know like like a, a mom right. oh, like a really great mother but also like all the aspects that mothers can carry 
And then you have Oshun, who is love, but every aspect of love, self-love, the things we right. do and don't do for love. Mm -hmm. um, she's one that a lot of people kind of like mess around and find out with because, you know, she is like almost like a, like a, like an Aphrodite type of energy, you know, a Venus. I was type just going to say that I was like, are there misconceptions? Because we get this a lot with Aphrodite coming from our own like belief system mm -hmm. pantheon that people just assume Aphrodite. She's like, oh, this guy's love is going to come down and go love, love, love. Meanwhile, she's on curse tablets. Like, you know what I mean? Like she has like this more aspect to her, right, Diane? Like, yes. Yeah. Well, then I was going to ask you, is there a kind of like darker side? Because I mean, Chelsea and I have talked about the darker side mm -hmm. to love. And oh my goodness. Uh, since she really encapsulates all aspects of love, is there mm -hmm. a darker side to love? There is, there is. Um, there's various stories. We call them the Patakis, which is like the stories of the Orishas, because they all, most, not all of them, most of them have kind of lived. So like Shango, for instance, was like a king, an actual king that lived once and, and was then Orisha. Oh. Um, Oshun is very big on respect. Okay, so when it comes to like self-respect, respect for others, respect for yourself, you, there's beeping outside. You can't make this up. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to Oshun, the reason why you got to tread with her with respect is because she's gained the respect, the respect of the other Orisha. She is said to be like the smallest, not the youngest, but the smallest Orisha in a sense. Like, and she's very feminine. And when things have happened to humanity, for instance, there was like a, a story once where um, uh, something was going on with humanity. And one by one, the Orishas tried to get the uh, message to Olofi, Olorun, and Olodumare, which are like our creator, like all-encompassing creator gods. You got one, two, three. And um, they like they weren't helping humanity or something. And human something was going on. And like when the humans aren't doing well, then also like it affects, it trickles upwards, right? Mm -hmm. So one by one, each Orisha tries to go up to the house of like technically God, right? So imagine how mm -hmm. far out of this plane you would have to go. One by one, one by one. So Oshun comes out of some out of nowhere and she's like, I can go. Now Oshun is associated with the peacock. Oh, okay. I love peacock. So <laughs> you will see that they sometimes will have like peacock feathers with her stuff. Um, she's associated with the beauty. You know, everybody knows when you think of a peacock, it is a beautiful bird. Yes. Okay? Um, in this story, she says, I will take the message to God so they can help us. And they, everyone kind of laughed at her. They're like, yeah, you're not going to make it. Like, how could you, how can you like, you're not going to make it. Like, in a sense, everybody was like doubting her. She starts flying up and the, and this is Ibukole. She starts flying up higher, 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 higher to the point where now all her beautiful feathers start turning black and start to fall off. All of it starts to come off, but she makes it. By the time she makes it up there at the foot of like God, she kind of just like falls, right? Because she's been flying for that long. So now God is like, what bird is this that just landed at my doorstep? Like right. no one ever comes up here. Like no one can make it this far. And she's like, well, he gives it water and then it, it gets up and transforms back into Oshun. 
And now he's just like in awe, like, how the heck did you make it up here? No one makes it up here. And it's you. What is going on? Finds out, she tells him, relays the message, then everything clears the day. Oshun is that respected. She when she loves she loves humanity. It is said that in Santeria, she, we there's a specific ceremony we have to do with Oshun before you even get initiated. Wow, really? You have to do this one thing, and it's with Oshun. And so when it comes to her, just talking about her like she's just some like love and just like girls, girl. No, Oshun has a story where it is said that she convinced all about to cut her ear off like <laughs> she she's hardcore she saved Oya one time as well um and gave up herself to save her sister when people had kidnapped Oya and Yemaya was in the ocean Oshun was left out and she tried to gather as much coins as she could to try to save her sister but the people that snapped like snatched her up just wanted her because she was that beautiful so these are the things that come with being beautiful there's a downside of being beautiful everyone wants you you're coveted right everyone wants you it's very easy for people to try to snatch you up so she is all the things people will do for love including like the bad things or the impulsive or the things that will cause you to lose self-respect in regards to love and you see like even when i talk about her i like almost straighten up she um is very when she comes down like it's this known thing where if oshun comes down and she's laughing everybody run i could imagine the laugh is insane like it's like and everybody's like oh my god run trampling right she's pissed she's pissed and she's about to blow the whole place up Interesting enough, she comes out crying, it's happy. You know, when you cry, tears of joy. Yes. So imagine like you being like a like manic, like when someone pisses you off and you're manic. And you ever seen someone who's just laughing, waiting yes. for you to do like, come on, give it to me. Like Joker so I can energy. show you what I'm made of. Like, don't don't play. You'll want to play with her because she really is about like whatever she does, she goes all the way. So think about it that way. <laughs> when it comes to but that makes sense because she is um a being of love and love has so many different facets and that's like we we ten and i have talked about this with aphrodite we did a whole podcast episode on like aphrodite and the darker side of love magic because it's not all like this fluffy you know people really are doing love magic for certain things and like you know the ancients had curse tablets they were binding people to themselves in my italian folk practice it's considered a curse to do love magic like it falls under (laughs) curses for us it's not like this fluffy little thing we do it's like no we're binding people to us like without their consent and it's I'm not gonna sit here and say it's morally wrong because it's part of a practice but so this is leading me to I'm kind of like leading to my next question because we talked about love magic a lot what Mm -hmm. is your opinion on love magic in your sphere of practicing and like what are people doing in terms of love magic that you can share like what what are your thoughts on it Okay, so I'll share my thoughts and then I'll give you an all-encompassing view because I'm one not to judge because there's a reason why we do certain things. For instance, love magic 
was used a lot to sweeten like our masters, you know, during like slavery, when we were, you know, trying to sweeten the pot, trying to get people to be nicer to them when they were doing bad things to them so they could be at least nice about it because you couldn't avoid it, but you can at least get them to be gentle. Um, so that's where love magic would come in is to like sweeten someone up, you can all it also would be to keep families together because families were getting ripped apart left and right so love magic was was used to keep the family together so love right. magic kind of comes from a place of like it comes from like almost like a negative place because the reason why we really were originally started doing this was for survival purposes mm -hmm. now you obviously once you know the magic you can use it for various purposes so people will do love spells to bind themselves to someone else to keep someone next to them um you know you can do a love spell on yourself which that's definitely one i always recommend like that if you're gonna do love magic do it on yourself so that I you're not like you know what I mean? um but for me i don't i don't do like partner like I feel like when you embody a certain type of energy or you you at least hold yourself to a certain standard you're you don't you don't feel the need to have to bind someone to you because the proof is in the pudding you know what I mean your energy and everything about you when you really encompass like yourself mm -hmm. um it's it becomes magnetic like who wouldn't want to love you who wouldn't want to marry you who wouldn't want to be in a relationship like you're you know what I mean when you hold yes. your when you love yourself to a certain point the love magic is you that's how i see it like you're you're the one that radiates that you can pulsate that out you can use it to pull things in you can use mm -hmm. it to push things out like self-love can also like stop you from doing like uh i don't know like people pleasing type of things or saying yes, yes to things you're not supposed to be saying yes to because you're you know you your fear of being judged or fear of like you know but what if they leave me so what if they do Mm -hmm. no I 100% agree with you and like that's how we operate like in our own business and store and like my thoughts on love magic like I said same I'm not judging people with how they use it mm -hmm. but I think sometimes people are always quick to rush to those types of things it's like maybe yeah. you just need to do it on yourself like this is yeah. why we're doing this episode on empowerment because it's like yeah. you can absolutely love yourself entirely but the thing is it takes a lot of healing and a lot of work yes. you know yes. Uh, and it's it can be very hard because sometimes you can like uh, come across things or things kind of start to sizzle up like up on the surface of things that you didn't realize you, you know, we all have little toxic traits. We all have little things that we do. And when you start to truly love yourself, you start to like not let certain things like affect you as much to kind of roll off because you're you're too busy worrying about the things that are important instead of like oh I gotta keep this person next to me no you don't you gotta keep yourself next to you but like yeah. I said I get why some people do it it's just for me when you if I was to do like a love spell like for instance on my fiance it would be obsessive to the point where it could get dangerous because I already naturally like you know what I mean love magic can if it's not done right it can get people to become stalkers obsessive if yes. you don't break the spell you can't get rid of them it can be bad like if so, like they have to want to break it um it and then sometimes you get people to the point where they're using like people's hair or their partners like 
actual DNA. And for me, it's like, why would you feel the need to do something that keeps someone next to you? Wouldn't you feel better? Like for me, me being, and then like I said, my own opinion, me being a spiritual person and knowing the love magic I know, for me, it's more a flex to say that I have my man with no love magic at all than for me to be like, I'm doing love magic on him every other week. I don't think that's proper. I feel like the bigger flex is me. Literally, I could stay. I could literally, you know how we say, we could stand on business. Yes. <laughs> I could literally get up and hold, hold hardly my whole chest say, I'm glad. I, I, I keep him just out of sheer meanness. And it's insane over here. Like it's chaotic. <laughs> No, I, I know, but like we we've talked about this and like Tana's talked about how like the, in, in uh, the Greco Roman world, the ancients were using curse tablets to bind people together, like Italian folk, people are doing it to bind people, but it causes the obsession. Like yes. it's the obsessiveness. That's where it gets dangerous when it's not executed properly. Yes. yes. Or even the pain to kind of almost ensnare the individual of if you stray you will cause x y and z kind of harm mm -hmm. to yourself and it kind of you know it does beg a question of within you know kind of these stories of the orisha because you know that great moral of it doesn't matter who you are if you believe in something enough no matter how small you are you can yes. get it done and yeah are there any other, I guess, morals or other stories that kind of talk about the darker aspects of love where it's too much glamour, it's too much of it, and it pulls one way over the other? Well, I can go into more detail about that one specific, because this is when there's another Orisha called Opa, said to be very beautiful. Shango is uh, a king, and he has three ladies these are my ladies okay his mm -hmm. official wife is oba that's who he got married to oba is beautiful mm -hmm. okay then he has his favorite like i would dare i say like almost like side piece or his favorite like thing to go like play with that's oshun and then he has his favorite and his favorite is oya but he can't marry her because he's already married. So you, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's yes. his lady. Okay. With the three of them, there's always like, there was always like this thing going on, right? Between like him and his ladies. So uh, one day, um, Oba goes to Oshun. So I wanted to give you the backstory because that way you can understand how where we're going in it. So um, Oba, goes it, it's depending on who you're talking to they'll say that oba went to oya or oba went to oshun but most people say oba went to oshun because of the circumstance and how everything else played out oba goes to oshun and goes to oshun and asks her for love advice and how can she get shango to be more in love with her even though shango she didn't realize it, but Shango was very much in love with her. She was beautiful. She was basically everything he needed in a wife, right? And, um, but she saw that Oshun was so pretty and stuff like that and, and, and kind of able to just kind of entice him. But her energy is that, right? You radiate right. love, it's magnetic. So no matter what, it's 
she's even if she's not being flirty she's just existing in her own existence people are like wow or people are gonna be like oh my god she thinks she's so good but she's just existing she goes to her ask her what can i do to get him to like be more in love with me and this is like the just like you i think you've told me that like the gods be having their own little like moments where they do all three gods oh girl yeah yeah. (laughs) right here's Greek mythology yes yes craziest this is the craziest tea and it's very like disheartening this is talks about actually i see what i see why they're telling me to talk about this because it's all the it's really about like all the aspects of love love self-love and all that stuff you know what oshun tells her to do now oshun is known to be an amazing cook so she wanted the love it was more of like her coming up to her wanting to know how to cook so that she can entice her man more so Oshun is like, yeah, I can help you. Gives her a recipe. The recipe was of like this like stew and tells her to keep him like enchanted to cut up her ear, to cut her ear and put it in the soup. Oh no. Now, um, quick side note, like, you know, when you're reading a book and you see a little side note, quick side note. Um, remember I said Chango loves her like because she's beautiful and like, he can be kind of like vain in a sense he loves beautiful things beautiful women he's like a womanizer type of energy but he's a king so you know what everything that you think of when a king he does not like deformities okay so I'm gonna give you this as a quick side note I was okay? I was thinking that with my brain I'm like I don't want to say he's vain but like if she's gonna cut her ear off I kind of see where this is going you know what I'm saying okay. I, I read him between the lines so now <laughs> She stirs up, makes it up, makes an amazing dish. He goes to eat and he's like, wow, this is so good. I think he took like a couple of like spoonfuls. And in one, he sees something in there. And he's like, what did you put in this? What is this? And he sees that her like, you know, she has a thing wrapped around. She has a a veil on, like a, a headdress thing covering her head. And he's like, what is this? And she can't lie to her husband. Yeah. Notices that it's actually her ear in there and completely wants nothing to do with her. Completely X's her out. They stay married, but has nothing to do with her because of the deformity now. Now, all children of Oba, Oba is a uh, Orisha that you can receive, like actually get crowned because not every Orisha can be crowned on the head and she can be. And the children of Oba have to, when especially when she comes down, have to cover their ears. I have like the full body chills from the story. And that's the reason why. Um, because there's no uh, there's no stories between quarrels between Opa and Oya, but there is between Oshun. So that's why a lot of people say that it was Oshun that told her to do it because Oshun is said to be an amazing cook. And she also does that type of magic. And that's why most houses, because we call them houses, like Oba and Oshun just, they're not buddies at all because of that. And um she kind of went into like exile and just had like you know this did this thing to get him to love her and it did the complete opposite and made him have disgust that's the word but he was disgusted is, by her there is lessons to be learned in this and i know so and i have talked about it and ten and i talk about it all the time like 
Greek mythology for us is how we learn lessons. The gods have done things. And therefore we have this mythology to be like, Hey, don't do this. Like Ted and I are going to talk about, uh, in the next like upcoming episodes about Narcissus and Echo, which is like Narcissus was so in love with himself that he didn't love Echo because he kept staring at himself. So it's like, the mythology and the stories are so important in like any practice because they teach you things. Yes. There's lessons to be learned in that, no matter how you take that story. You know what I mean? So and you will things. notice every my bad. You will notice every time I talk about like the Orisha, I have to always kind of like I have no other choice but to refer to the backstory so you can like really understand the meaning behind these things. Like for instance, when like oh yeah is one that really isn't spoken about much. But when you do speak about her, people kind of always just like, oh, even when I tell people I'm a child of Oya, it's like, oh, you're we're rare. Okay, we're we're rare. And it's because Oya is an intense energy. So when you think about divine feminine, think of her as, as like, I don't even know how else to describe it. Like when you think of Xena, the warrior princess, like, like yeah. she really is like, um, so she is beautiful within her, like even her athleticism, her warriorness. Oya is said to grow a beard and go fight alongside Shango. So imagine you loving your man so much that you now become one just to go to war with him. Right. Get you so that also do both. About the, yeah. So it talks about that. Uh, for instance, Oya, I'll give you her backstory. She used to be Ogun's wife. She was Ogun's first wife. Ogun rules over like labor and metal and everything isn't metal and everything. It's like the foundation of everything, right? Like it's in our phones. Anything that's metal, think about that. That's what he is. Everything that's work. And she was with him. She was his first wife and always was working. Always working. You know, the wife that's always at home working for her husband all day every day that was her with him and one day shango came by and shango being his beautiful medic i don't know i think of like a like a african ken doll is what i can think of like you think of something like a really beautiful handsome man who's very much like he carries that energy he's in that energy he is like the masculine version of Oshun in a sense and that that love between them they can't even be in the same room together let's put it that way oh my god we're getting all the tea today on the Orisha I'm like I know all the backstory he walked by one day and saw yeah he followed Oya one time Oya has the ability to turn into a I think it's an antelope and she has turned into multiple animals. She's like a, a messenger, kind of like in a way for God. And he um and he she he saw he saw her and then watched her turn into like human and then turn back by putting on the thing. And I feel like there's other like mythology where or folklore where like women would put on like the skin of an animal and turn into that, like putting on the skin of a bear and turning into a bear. Yeah, that like that. Sense. So she would put on the 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 the. She had this like thing that she would put on, and it's the equivalent of like an antelope, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And he followed her. Obviously, he swayed her, and he literally did the Mister Steal Your Girl and took Oya from Ogun. And to this day, Ogun and Chango, no parts. You can't put metal to Osh- uh, to Ogun, and you can't put <laughs> wood 
his uh, Chago rules over wood, like fire, wood, all that. So these women have interesting stories. Like they, they, they have like their stories of getting like going through like the things that like women go through, which is like harassment, um, all these things that we go through, right? And also the other part of things too, like they themselves being like a coveted item and men fighting over them. Like Oshun has had multiple of these beings, just like geez. yes. <laughs> Yeah, Maya as well. Yeah, Maya is said to be the old one of the oldest deities, or one of the oldest um orishas, and uh, she's said to be the mother of all the orishas, and she is like just as just she's been around just as long as as Obatala, who is literally like the one that like created everybody, and so we go to her a lot for like this motherly stuff. But her and Oya can't be in the same room together. Like it's. <laughs> But like you have to know these things you know what i'm saying like we we talk about this too a lot just like from greek because this is sounding like greek mythology to me like <laughs> Dude, greek myths. The TV's so good. that's why it's so great like i used to sit and listen to the stories when i was like around my god father and stuff like that and i would just be like oh my god and she did what it's like a telenovela like you cannot yes. make it up i'm like y'all were living the like y'all were doing yeah yeah like, Y'all were doing. What are you guys <laughs> doing up there? Like, that's literally anytime I read a Greek myth, I like, <laughs> yeah, what are the girls doing? I clutch my pearls every time I read a Greek myth, and I'm like, that's fucking tragic. <laughs> what are the girls doing? The girls are starting a war of a thousand ships with Helen of Troy. That's yes. we're Helen of Troy. She was so beautiful that she started a war on accident. Like, <laughs> what the hell? I always think of Helen of Troy and like, we don't have her account actually, which sucks. I would love to know what she thought about, yeah. like, she was the most beautiful woman and there was a war started over her. Yeah. And I'm like, but you're right though. Like there is a downside to being a really pretty person. Like no one mm -hmm. wants to talk about that, but it's truth. Like there is like when you attain or when you're beautiful and I'm not even talking about like outwardly, like inside, like your personality yeah. and you radiate that energy outwards. It attracts, I call it like being a lighthouse. Like it attracts yes. the good people, but also like it's attracting not good people too. Yeah. yeah. I you see know? it like a, like a light, like if it's a dark room, like let's say like the lights are dim, you're going to notice the, the brightness in the room, right? Even if it's just being a light. Right. The sun right. doesn't care. The sun doesn't care that we think it's too hot or it's burning our skin or that we can't look directly at it. The sun is just being the sun. We could hate on the sun. We <laughs> could love the sun, but the sun is the sun. Like, that's how I see it. Like when people really radiate in that like genuineness and like authenticity, it's going to draw in people that really love them or people who really love to hate them. No, <laughs> it's very polarizing. It's so true. And you will get both. Like literally you will get both to the extreme <laughs> to the utmost extent, but okay. So kind of moving off topic a little bit. Um, let's talk about, cause we're on this topic of like women and things that women have to go through. This, this really is a podcast for the girls. And like, I always say, what, me and Tana always say, what are the girls doing? So we're asking you, what are the girls doing? Um, in terms of pregnancy, you know, when women are pregnant in Santeria or like certain practices you're part of, how serious is that? And how seriously do you guys take that? Like, what do you do in terms of pregnant women? Cause I could go on for days about like Italian folk oh and like God. how I will go out there in the streets with my Nazars and my salt, and my olive oil, and just flick it yeah. at people who are trying to like <laughs> give pregnant women, the evil eye, you know what I mean? I will fight for pregnant women. Um, that is a really good question. Um, I, because I'm, 
culturally there's certain things and then there's also other stuff so i'll try to touch base on yeah. each one and I'll, I'll try not to go too crazy on the info dumping so no, I you're good over. i'm curious i know this is so <laughs> no. no, the girls want uh, to know the girls want to know um okay so for culturally culturally i'm dominican and i grew up in like you know, black and Hispanic community. And then you sprinkle in a little bit of the other stuff, various things that I was around because growing up in New York, you, you, you are around a lot of people, like different types of cultures. So you pick up stuff from the people around you as well. But when, uh, culturally, when a woman is pregnant, she's not supposed to be getting upset. Okay. She should not be watching scary movies or things that make her like, like ugly or things that like are like really gruesome scary like ugly things that kind of like like you know things like that they say you're not supposed to be doing that um obviously they say they gotta pray on your belly you're not supposed to let just anybody touch your belly you shouldn't even really be letting anyone be touching your womb and your head and that's for all of my practices the womb and the head are very important in most of my practices but also in general like you shouldn't be letting just anybody touching your belly um we don't know what they're chanting. We don't know what they're That's saying. True. We don't know what they're spelling. We don't know what they're thinking. You don't know if they're envious, if they secretly are wishing, hoping, and praying. And, you know, they're upset that, like, why is it so easy for you and not for them? Like, people can accidentally give you evil eye without meaning to. Or if you have a very beautiful relationship or you just very rela beautiful relationship within yourself and they see that you're just, like, having an amazing pregnancy, the way that shit will ruffle somebody's feathers. Yeah. Quickness. Like, it's so done. weird. <laughs> One of our employees, Rachel, she's pregnant and like I always me and Ted are always concerned about her I'm like are you wearing your evil eye bracelet is anyone touching your stomach let us know I'm about to get the heavy guns out here y'all are so lucky because I I love I love there is something like pregnancy is very special very important it is connection to like God and you yourself are like a creator within yourself you you're tapping into God energy when you're doing that right mm -hmm. you're just pushing out a new life cooking it up and then boom you had a moment of God. There's your 15 seconds of, you know, boom, Godness right there. Um, I would say we do a lot of stuff like, like us ourselves rubbing the belly, talking to the baby, really like um, be, be, you have to be very like gentle and loving to yourself because you're pushing that love into the baby. So getting upset, being stressed out, all these things, it's meant for you to really enjoy this process of pregnancy, especially if it was a hard time for you to get there. So the whole point is for you to enjoy this moment as best you can some people have horrible ones some people have really like nothing like they just like some people have cryptic pregnancies i swear i feel like what that that'll be me like i'm so oblivious sometimes i feel like i'll just be like hey guys like look at my baby <laughs> wait wasn't there like a tv show where people didn't yeah. know they were pregnant or something I and then they know i was pregnant crazy yeah. <laughs> so culturally we do that like not watching scary stuff not letting just anyone like then we go a little bit deeper and start adding in folklore so we're going to be adding like cintas cintas is basically and we use this even for babies and we use this for the when the woman is pregnant we use the red string and we will tie it around the belly sometimes it's white or we will use red and we would put it around the belly sometimes we will like depending obviously how 
what practice you do and how deep you're going in it. Sometimes people consecrate it. They get it blessed depending on their practice and, um, and it'll get all these things done to it and you keep it on the entirety of your pregnancy. Sometimes people do that prior to getting pregnant to protect their womb and then right. also do it afterwards too. Um, now we can also add in things like uh, they'll put in waist beads as well. Like I got multiple ones right now. I have a question for you about waist beads before we- I'll get up and I'll show y'all. Like, this is what I mean by a cinta. Yes. This one's specific for like specific- um. Well, like espiritismo, we, like I said, we protect our womb. So you will sometimes see that we have stuff wrapped around our waist. Otherwise it's on our neck or our head or our feet. You will always I have a question see. before you continue on with the waist beads. Mm -hmm. Cause I know you have them in your story. So I'm going to ask you this. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but people who are not part of the culture, can they wear waist beads? Because I think this is, I know I asked you this privately when you showed me the ones that you had. So like, say if I wanted to buy waist beads, like what is the correct way of going about doing that? Like, say we have a lot of like women who are listening that want to protect their wombs and like maybe are pregnant. Yeah. Can they, can they use waist beads? Yes, I highly, highly. And you, and when you go to Africa, cause the beads I have, I got them from Togo. Okay. Um, I had an associate, like when I worked at a retail company and I was management, I had one of my associates whose parents actually happened to be out there. And so they went to the market and grabbed them up. If you go to Africa, you can go to the market and pick up the beads. They will sometimes make it for you right there. They'll put them on you, wrap it up. It is meant to be. Now, there are ceremonial waist beads. Those are only meant for, obviously, whatever the ceremony and the practice is. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, waist beads are used for fertility, weight management, pregnancy, protection, um, so many things, embracing your feminine energy. I was talking about this with my fiance earlier, like my waist bead, I had accidentally didn't realize that I put it really tight. And so it was higher up. And I've noticed that like, I've started going in more in the area where the waist beads keeps going like this. Ah. Like, and I'm like, oh my God. So I added in more because I'm like, now I'm going to even it all out. I needed to go <laughs> smoothly here. <from> right. <laughs> so they will also, depending on how like, you know, how you're wearing them, how tight or loose they are. And if you can clip them on or off. Um, sometimes some of them are permanent and they just stay on. You never take them off. And sometimes you can clip them on and off, but they're meant to be like, sometimes they're for, uh, matrimony purposes too. Like there's many reasons for those. So we use them a lot and you will see various people, but you know, the internet is interesting and everyone wants to say something or the other, if it's a ceremonial one. Or if it's something that's specific to a thing, then I highly recommend do not. And just be respectful unless you know exactly who, what, when, where, and why you're doing that. But if it's like a waist bead, like for instance, me, the waist beads I make, you know, I cleanse them. I have beads from Africa. I put crystals in them, put all this stuff in there. I cleanse them and they're made like you could, I could literally make one for you and you just wear it. You 10 can just walk around with a waist bead on and it's absolutely I'm thinking fine. about it. Girl, I'm thinking You're about amazing. it, honestly. I highly recommend, like, um, I, I, if you can get one, doesn't matter, you support someone, I just highly recommend that if you're going to get it, get it from a PLC, like someone who is from the culture. I would not be, 
that that's one thing I would say is a no no. Like I don't know about a palm colored woman out here selling me African waist beads. I, I, she's I agree. Like African herself and she's blonde hair, blue eyed me selling waist yeah. beads. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, like, sometimes, sometimes people are mixed. Like for instance, my like I think I was telling you earlier, my sister looks like she's related to you and ten and not me. The woman yes. was born with blonde hair, light skinned. Okay, <laughs> like yeah. That's me and my sister. <laughs> Dude, my mom says she has her white and her dark chocolate. There's no milk. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, so just like know who you're buying from, I guess, I guess is the moral yes. story. That's with anything. Cause like I see that a lot where people are just kind of like selling things that they're not a part of. And it's like, well, at yeah. that point, it's just for money and it's weird. Like, unless someone practices it, is wearing it themselves, like this is just advice to the metaphysical store shoppers out there. Like, if someone can't tell you longer than six seconds what it's about or where this comes from, I don't know. It's probably even, just a no even for me. then, like even a minute, because anybody could pretend for a minute. Give yeah. them, give them three minutes. I need put you them to on a podcast for like three minutes. I need you to give me info for like, okay, you're past a minute, so now you're. Sh you, I feel like you're okay, but get get it to a minute and a half, and now we're talking here. Let's get it going. Give me a five but page paper. <laughs> what I'll say is my uh I'll say this because my fiance said this to me last night because he be telling he does tell people about my business right, and he says that the difference between getting it from someone who is in that and embodies that and uses that and someone who's just like oh they sell white speed so i'm gonna sell them too and then making money and not touching it not doing nothing so he says it's like the difference between eating soul food and eating non-soul food y'all ever ate food made by your mother and someone yes. in mcdonald's yes like you can feel it you can feel the energy that's the difference so no matter like and like our physical metaphysical shopping girls who want to like have themselves like spiritually, mentally, and physically feeling amazing about themselves. I highly recommend that when you're buying something from someone, are they wearing it? Do they use it? Can you smell it on them? If you, if you can go into the store and you can feel the freaking energy rating, you could feel it. You can feel all of that. And you will notice the difference when it's made with um good energy when you put it on you will feel it no it's, you it's true and i see the way speed thing a lot online and i i've never really known like i'm like oh these look cool and interesting not sure if i can wear yeah. them but if i wear that's or why like, i go to polka like, can i wear these that's why i asked you i was like hey i know you're getting these cool way speeds hey not can i wear real. them am i allowed <laughs> like if i'm not and if that's anybody fine. says anything and if anybody says anything just come get them from me because I, I think the i think the fuck not <laughs> <laughs> no that's um, that's really funny. <laughs> One final question I just thought of since you were talking so heavily about the protection of the womb, the protection of the head, the hair. Is there anything, because as you rightfully said prior, when a woman gives birth, that is, uh, God is a woman at that point, and your body grew the child, you have delivered the child. Is there anything that you do, you've seen done, um, women out there can do for themselves? to protect their breast breast milk because that is a life-sustaining force in of itself yes. so good question Tom. when i think that's an amazing question that was good she, she literally it, just wrapped all of my questions straight, girl. Get queen. <laughs> um i would say okay so 
we do a lot of like especially like someone who's like in santeria and stuff we do a lot of prepping especially once you find out if you were in like like someone who was actively trying to get pregnant and you just got pregnant if you were actively trying to get pregnant then you would have protected the womb and you would have already started the process so that once you give birth it, it's meant to be like we setting you up for success from the beginning type of energy so if we if it's a planned thing and it's before you even get pregnant, then yeah. Or if you're in the mindset of wanting to get pregnant, I would highly recommend starting to up your personal like identity, how you see yourself, how you talk about yourself, how you see your body, um, the energy you're putting on and thinking about what you're listening to, what you're saying, all the things you're absorbing and digesting from various parts of your body. You want to be extra now, extra care, extra gentle like you would with a baby. You're not going to be slapping a baby around talking about, oh, you're so ugly. No, you're not. <laughs> like, No. So when you're putting these things on, you're putting all this stuff, you want to embody that energy. So we prep like that. Now, if you got pregnant, then we would obviously get the ball rolling and find out like in Santeria, we do it balls. We do different things to protect you during and after the pregnancy. Once you have the baby, we'll do something else too to ensure because you're kind of in this like, if you don't close the portal in a sense, you're kind of making yourself like susceptible to things as well because you've literally just opened up a, a portal like in between, right? So they will also drink like different teas. They'll do different, um, like put different stuff physically on them or on the breast to stimulate or do massages and when they're doing that they're saying prayers they're saying different stuff so it just depends normally what we do is we always do the divination and find out like how they want us to best protect you and to ensure that we're putting in the enchantment of like making sure that you are able to pump out what you need to pump out so you can continue to sustain the life you just gave birth to. So like that, that type of thing. So we have various things. We do a lot of like kitchen folklore type of magic. So they're going to start cooking you stuff up. That's going to make sure that you pumping girl. Like, yeah. so, <laughs> so we'll do things like that as well, but you can also tie in the ingredients so let's say if they're saying like, you know, rosemary is good, you're putting rosemary in your food, then you want to use the aspect of protection and like abundance of rosemary when you're eating it or when you're putting it in there. So something like that, like an example of that. And so you would use different flowers, herbs and stuff like that in your food um, or on person or in the oils or the lotions or whatever you're putting on. And then that's how you will kind of encompass all of that, that that's how I've seen it done, but I, I don't know if we've done like a particular like spell for say that's like, yeah. may the breasts be pumping a lot of milkies. <laughs> no, that makes sense. In in my Italian folk practice, and I know we've talked about this on the podcast, we use Mary a lot. Mary is like the yes. symbol of being pregnant and like, you know, because she is like the virgin. Um, and she also did have another kid later on in life, but we always mm -hmm. call upon her. And it's funny because my cousin's pregnant, which congratulations to her, but we, I'm actually like- I'm teaching her like how to protect herself because yes. let me tell you something, people be looking at pregnant women sideways and I just don't have time mm -hmm. for that. Like mm -hmm. don't you dare. Mm -hmm. you know? I would say um, for me, like for instance, me personally, I love when the people around me are going through such a life-changing experience and I get to experience that with them. I, I, like, let's say you or 10 got pregnant. I would immediately be like, oh my God, like, and it would almost seem because some people are so used to 
um people being fake about like when they congratulate you or when they yes. that I understand why sometimes yep. people would be hesitant, especially because they know I'm spiritual. But one thing we don't play with, like is spiritual, like in, in my practice is a big no-no is to mess with kids. Oh, or yeah, a pregnancy. No. No you will get smited. You will get like, like if there's any rules and regulations that you want to adhere to, you don't even want to get a pregnant lady upset at you because the sty would be like out. <laughs> so for me, like if one of y'all got pregnant, I would be so hyped every day. I would be like, oh my God, I love that. Was actually quick side note, quick poke a side note. I was going to school for nursing. Um, I was doing all my prereqs and everything, and the type of well, it, this just reminds the type of um nursing I wanted to do was neonatal, was oh. when people like taking care of the mom and the baby when they were born. So I was a medical assistant for a really long time. So I understand like the physical aspects and like the medicinal aspects of like what the human body goes through when they're giving birth and as they're coming out and being born. But, and now I understand the spiritual aspect. So like, if someone around me is pregnant, I want to, like, I want to help you. Please let me protect the little baby Pip-Pip. Come on, little mini Chels, little mini Ted. I'll I'll be upset at you. I know you're not taking care of this kid right now. I need you to put the protections. (laughs) That's, that's like how I feel. I had somebody like, I I had some, and you know me, I'm real excited. I had somebody disappear on me when they were pregnant. I was so upset. I didn't get to be part of that process. Do not keep me out of your pregnancy i, I would never <laughs> i don't I think you, but like, if you have good friends that are spiritual y'all anyone who's listening because I, I keep forgetting like it's a podcast too so people can hear um i would say <laughs> when you surround yourself with people who at least have some sort of spiritual practice and you know that they're like your homie your peeps if they randomly pop up on you and they're like you should put like a waist speed on or you should go grab like a literal red ribbon and pray on it, grab the book of Psalms and just be like, even I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death, something like that, <laughs> and then keep Do it. it you know, um, I think it's like being part of that. It's like, it's very spiritual. And in Santeria, we see it as like, I remember, I remember when I was in my throne, like, cause we call it El Trono. When you're born in Santeria and you get initiated, you get crowned, right? So people with crowns sit in thrones. So El Trono. So you are there for seven days. And during that time, you are not allowed to do much. You're a baby, like in a crib in their room and everyone's coming to see the baby. You get what I'm saying? And um, I remember in converse, like in, I was at my godfather's house. I had to be there a whole week, all right, inside this thing. And one of the stories they said, and I remember vividly to this day, is that in like we believe, you know, we can we believe in reincarnation, and we know that energy never ceases to exist, right? So I remember my godfather talking about the reason why, like, especially really good mothers. Like when they lose a child or when a mother or when a mother passes, the reason why we like some people feel it so much is because when a woman gives birth or uh, creates life, there's even though they come out, there's a spiritual tie, a spiritual cord connecting you to your mother. So when they pass away, you feel that. And that's why some, when you have a really good parent, it, sometimes some people it like you, it really hits them. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's be- and they feel like a piece of them is missing. It's because spiritually it's it is said that like there's a a a thing that keeps you tied to your parent because uh, your mother because it's she when she gave birth to you, she gave you a piece of her spirit. You get what I'm saying? So beautiful, but it makes so much sense. It really, yeah. I, I truly think of it in that way as well of like, you really are tied like that. Like, it's not even just like physically the umbilical cord. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a spiritual connection that you have. Yeah. yeah. Because, um, like imagine you, you are a spirit that's like, that's holding a spirit, everything you eat, everything you do, your nutrition, it goes directly to the baby. Right. So that is also why we see it that way, that like the mother gives a piece of her spirit to the child. Makes total sense. Because that's where the spark comes from. And because she's the the kid is actually inside of the mother, it's the that's where that is. You could have it with your father. Yes, because that's the tether, it's because of being genetically. But with the mother, it's very specific. So I remember my godfather talking about how like that's why some people when their parents die, especially if they had a great like relationship with their parents, it hits them like they literally a piece of like a void is there. And it's because uh, that the spirit is not physically here anymore. So it's not as intense, the feeling of it. That makes a lot of sense. Like I said, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with that notion. I think most people would agree with that. Like that just feels like that would be right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, before, what's where are we? Before we end today, though, I did want to ask you, um, what's going on in your realm over there? What's what are the girls doing? Are you have you had any new projects, any new things you're working on? Anything for the people to know? Because I know this answer, but (laughs) I already know. But you ever seen um, like when bugs are like doing this thing when they're getting ready to like eat Um, my tarantulas do that? I know you're like, I don't even like spiders, but like spiders are very clean. Interesting fact. They're very clean and they clean themselves all the time. I didn't know that. Yeah. So sometimes I'll see her like cleaning herself and she's all like, and I'm like, dang, even spiders practice self-love, bro. Like there's no reason why we shouldn't. So the products I have available are like uh, self-love products. I co- the collection is called Amor del Bueno. And um, a lot of, I tie in my culture with my business a lot so a lot of the products that i have will have names that are in spanish and have like a significance or they just feel stronger and better like when we say love in spanish it feels and sounds and everything about it energetically is way different than in english and interesting enough um in english we say love but in every other language we say amor amore Amor, like that's French, Spanish, and Italian right there. And they all sound the same. I don't know why in love, but when we say love in Spanish, it has a much more like love, like when people think about love feeling. So it's called Amor del Bueno, which is like that good love. Mm-hmm. And I have an oil, a perfume, like Colonia that we put on. And then I have a bracelet and, um, and then also little things I put in there, like a roller, which is like a baddie thing, but I have a, I have an order right here. (laughs) Someone's order. (laughs) This is the, this is the first one. Actually, this is the first order for that collection. So it comes with, um, the perfume. It's like a splash, a perfume splash, um, an oil, another oil, and then the 
a bracelet if you're doing it like as a box, but you can buy the items separately. And they're all made for you to like embody true like self-love. So I always think about like that Morticia and like Gomez, like, you know, like <laughs> yes. he really loved that woman. Like he really loved her. They had a really like when you watch their dynamic, like that for me was always like, that's true love. Like he would be like, Caramia. And I'd be like, <laughs> they're like what the icon. girls are striving for. Yes. So um I wanted it to embody that type of energy. Like when think people think of like a snake goddess, like, you know, this form, like you, you immediately you just uh, can envision something that can move very like smoothly, very fluid, um, but very strategic. So like if I watch my snakes right now, they move, but it's isolated, smooth movement. So they kind of watch and then they move and then they move and they're opportunistic. So um, that's kind of the energy that this collection I came out with. So it's it, it turned out perfect because that's what we were talking about, like real true love. And when I'm making these things, I think y'all be doing that too, like playing music that's in accordance oh, with it. Yeah. So the energy, it's a whole feeling here. By the time I'm out, I'm like, dang, I'm a goddess. <laughs> Walker's <laughs> praise me. Like it reminds me of um, I don't know if y'all ever watch uh wrestling. Okay, I have but, watched um, wrestling. Yes, yes, we're wrestling fans. I'm like descendant of like luchadores and stuff like that. So we mm -hmm. like that physical contact type of like game <laughs> here in my family. Um, it reminds me the energy that I kind of put into this reminds me of like Roman Reigns when he comes out and he's always like, "Acknowledge me," and you're yes. like, "Yes, yes, I will." <laughs> I'm sat sort of energy. I'm sat. <laughs> yes, so. When, like, and the thing is, this man has been in wrestling, like, he's been having, holding the title that he's been holding, like, for probably the longest that anyone has done it. And he's, like, coming up to, like, Hulk Hogan. And the craziest part is, is that every time he wins, most of the time, is because someone comes in and does the Captain save -a One of his peoples comes in, and he almost technically cheats and keeps his title every time. So... It was more of like that kind of energy. Like he always wins. He's always acknowledged. He's always wins. on top. No matter what's happening, he could be standing there and he could be like knocked out on the floor because someone actually got him. And somebody from his team out of nowhere will come through and even plop him on top of the person. The referee will turn around and be like, one, two, three. And he won out of pure thing. So it's that kind of energy. Like you being like, so protected by your spirit team like and you feeling so empowered and so like beautiful and genuine within yourself that you know no matter what everything's working out for you because that's how he walks around and it has like <laughs> no it's so great energy to be in and yes. where where can we find you um we're gonna put it in the show notes and then 10 will, will take us home with the outro because she does the outro now but where can the people <laughs> find you do you have anything new that you've launched like yes i find have you? so on the other two times i was on here oh, and yeah. i think i have to thank the both of y'all because um we were like you i have a website now y'all it's yes. com. kentuli actually means the slow of a snake or snake shed um which is why my whole business is based off of like snake energy, snake shed, snake jewelry, snake <laughs> stuff. So um, 
I will say the other two times it was I still do the DMs where you can DM me to place your orders because I do a lot of custom. I don't do mass produced stuff and like the the crystal beaded stuff is always made specifically for you. So even if I like had a design and I and you told me you had certain things that you wanted in it, certain elements or like aspects, I will try to incorporate it if I can. Um, but the other, it, when I knew I was coming on here, I was like, I cannot go back on there and not have some sort of like website for the girls. Like, you need to be professional here. Like, <laughs> how are they going to tell, like, how, how are they going to get there? <laughs> you have a website. Um, and, uh, I want to thank the, like the both of y'all. Cause y'all really kind of pushed me. Cause I was like, I cannot go on this podcast without a website. Like they're no. going to be like, how are they friends with this girl? Don't even got a website. Like, no, you know? we never thought that, but you did say you were like, oh my God, girl, I'm embarrassed to be friends with you. I don't even have a website. I was like, okay, who cares? Like, but no, seriously, congratulations. Like, yes, absolutely. Having a website. It's, it's not an easy feat for anyone that's trying. And you know, like it is the hardest thing to put together. Like it is, it'll drive you crazy. It makes you want to just sometimes just roll on the grass and not come back. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's a new, it's a new process for me and, you know, I'm neurodivergent. So it's, it's been kind of like a long time coming. I've been in business for like three years or something. I just now started. I can't help but laugh because it's almost like, it's embar almost like embarrassing, but it's not. I'm just like, this is so on brand for me. Like time Listen. blindness and everything. Like it's just so different. <laughs> um, but I am very, I'm very grateful. Cause I was like, I need to get this. Like, I'm not going to go on that podcast and then say that like, I have a website is not even finalized. Like I'm not a liar. So I was like, it needs to be up and live by the time I get on this website. And I love them. I'm not finna like come on here. And they're like, they Chelsea and Tan have such a beautiful website. <laughs> they're like, they're so organized. And here comes Polka. Hi guys. <laughs> DM me. Well, look, look, you got it now. And like, like I said, I would understand if you still didn't have the website. Cause like, you know, 10 and I want to punch a printer every day and blow up the website every day. So like, it's fine. No true story. My printer went kaput, like literally three days ago, this printer, I've been using it the whole time. I literally, it fell upon me while thrifting at a Goodwill one day. And I was like, I need a printer. I paid like 30 bucks. I think max, not even, it might've yeah. been 20. <laughs> and I've had it since, and it was like perfect. I can't. I've made new logos, made new labels, have this new product, and the printer said, "The tray is not open. The tray is open." And I'm like, "No, it's not." <laughs> I had to expeditiously go online, buy a printer, and yeah, pick it up cheap. the next day while I'm trying to create, like, finish my website and make it live. And I was like, "Not y'all." Okay, <laughs> for all those listening, never worry about it because your spirit team will make sure whatever needs to happen when it needs to. I don't know what they're preparing me for or not, but they were like, ew, you can't have a website with this like $20 old, like this dusty ass printer. printer. <laughs> <laughs> they're talking about the train open. I'm like, the train's not open. I'm over here talking to an inanimate object. What is that called? Animism? Is that what it's called? Yes. I'm like, girl, you're working. I'm over here giving her words of affirmations. I'm over here. <laughs> not working. Well, they're preparing you before we go for all of the women who are 
protecting their womb for all the waste beads. So like now you have all the printing that you need to do to print your orders. So there you go. That's what they said. Yeah. They said you're coming on Chelsea and Ten's podcast and now order's going to be flying. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I'm very grateful. And um, y'all, everyone listening needs to make sure y'all go on their website too. Cause they got some, <laughs> even me, I'm like, dude, I've been wanting to get a couple things from your shop. I have not had the chance and y'all have such good products. You could tell. <laughs> thank you well real recognizes real that's why we always team up yes absolutely best friend of the podcast take us home 10 where are we going absolutely i mean what are the girls doing the girls are doing love magic respectfully the girls are getting the tea on mythology and background information on the orisha what are the girls doing the girls are supporting one another not being afraid to stand next to another empowered individual and really? we will be covering more incredible stuff this month talking about self-love valentines galentines darker side of mythology with narcissus why does a man love himself so much and does that have ties to narcissism well yes, i joined him <laughs> <laughs> is he your ex or is it a myth who could say but be sure to join the girls and us on more crazy stories crazy podcasts and please give a big round of applause once again for Poka joining us. Thank you again so much for being here. To everybody out there, stay spooky and stay curious. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.